Welcome to Humanity Works podcast series. I'm Kate Resky Zumer, founder and chief inspiration officer. At Humanity Works, we know that working together is messy and that most people don't know how to navigate this well. Our podcast series provides practical tips to help you navigate relationships at home and at work. We will offer up straightforward practical tips that shift behavior to be a good human and do better work. This week, Debbie and I have written about small actions can create unintended impacts. This is the second in a three-part mini-series on difficult people. We began with incivility, followed by this on micro-inequities and how small actions can create unintended impacts. We will end with bullying. All of these toxic behaviors hinder productivity and make working together more challenging than it needs to be. In the last four months, our worlds have been turned upside down by both a global pandemic and a global outcry for equality. While this series was written on working with difficult people in the workplace, we find that a broader application has emerged. In the mid-1970s, Mary Rowe first coined the phrase micro-inequities. Micro-inequities are subtle forms of discrimination, a comment, a gesture, a use of specific words, even a tone of voice. They occur when a person is singled out, overlooked, ignored, or discounted based on an unchangeable characteristic such as race or gender. In her words, micro-inequities are apparently small events which are often ephemeral and hard-to-prove events which are covert, often unintentional, frequently unrecognized by the perpetrator, which occur whenever people are perceived to be different. They happen almost without you realizing until you do. It might happen once or maybe even twice and you're able to brush it off, but then you notice a pattern and it keeps happening. You also notice that you don't like it at all. You start to feel singled out, overlooked, ignored, or discounted. A micro-inequity is a behavior. Mary Rowe offers the following examples of micro-inequity. Consistently mispronouncing a person's name, interrupting a person mid-sentence, making eye contact with only the males while talking to a group containing both male and females, taking more questions from men than women, confusing as a person's certain ethnicity with another person of the same ethnicity, rolling their eyes, sighing loudly, raising their voice even though the other person has no difficulty hearing, and making jokes aimed at certain minority groups. You get the idea. We've added a few more to our update for current times. Checking emails or texts during a face-to-face conversation, consistently ignoring a person's email for no good reason, using your laptop or phone instead of being with people in the room, selective listening, not listening to someone or listening only to a few chosen, repeating what someone else has said without giving credit to them, two people dominating the conversation, body posture that literally blocks certain people from participating. You get it. The list is far from exhausted, but you get the idea. In life, micro-inequities make you feel unwelcome, unsupported, devalued, marginalized, and invisible. In the workplace, there are small and subtle forms of discrimination that adversely impact productivity and result in the attrition of good humans. If you notice micro-inequities happening to you, there is a pretty good chance they're happening to others. If the perpetrator 
is unaware their behavior is creating a negative impact, they need to be made aware. So once they are made aware, then they have a responsibility to change their behavior so that they stop hurting the people around them. This is the good news and the bad news, and it bears repeating over and over. You are the only person who can do something about how you are treated. We have a saying we use with each other and with our clients, you are training the people around you all the time how they can treat you. So how do you stand up to this kind of behavior? There are four components. One, make the person aware of what's happening. Two, describe the impact it has on you. Three, describe the impact it creates on the work you do together. And four, identify the effect it will have on your relationship if it does not stop. There was a time Deb was working with two male members of an executive team, person A and person B, to solve an issue. Numerous emails went back and forth as they wrestled with this issue. And Deb began to notice that whenever person B replied, she was taken off the email thread. Deb noticed it once and thought it was odd, but maybe just an honest mistake. Person A would add her back in, but it happened again, and then again, and then Deb was pissed. In the span of minutes, she concocted all kinds of bro-based conspiracy theories and thoughts of maliciousness. Then she paused and she took a big deep breath. She reached out to a neutral party to check her experience, and they confirmed what was happening was, in fact, a micro-inequity. If Deb didn't want it to continue, she had to be willing to address it. Assuming positive intent, and that person B was unconscious of his actions, Deb wrote him an email. She described what had been happening without blame or judgment and noted the effect the slight was having on her. Deb reinforced the value of their working relationship and the need for them to work well together now and in the future, and she identified how it had left, if left unchecked, this behavior would adversely impact the nature of their working relationship. Immediately, the phone rang. Person B was on the other end. He was so appreciative that Deb had made him aware of what was happening. He was totally unaware that he had been deleting her from the email thread, but grateful that she had let him know what was happening. And we're happy to report that it never happened again, and they remain close to this day. So we realize that, re that the relationship you have with a person dishing out the belittling behavior might cause you to hesitate. When diminishing behavior comes from a boss or someone more senior than you, it might feel risky to address it. And there may be other factors and scenarios where saying something is scary. We get it. This is hard, messy stuff. And here's the deal. You deserve better. You are worthy of being treated like the good human that you are. Remember, you are training the people around you all the time how they can treat you. And only you can decide to take a stand for yourself. There are things that you can do to begin to shift the relationship dynamics. What you choose to do and how you act will make all the difference. When sending a difficult message, it is not just having the courage to say it, it is delivering the message in a way that the other person can hear it. We have come up with a, with a few non-linear tactics to consider. So one is initiate a conversation um, and here's a practical formula to try. I feel blank when blank happens because blank. The impact on me is, fill in the blank, and our, on our, and our uh, work together is blank. And I need blank moving forward 
otherwise I will need you to do blank. <laughs> you kind of get the idea. You can check this out on our website because we have the article there and you'll see what this formula looks like. An additional nonlinear tactic can be tried from our acronym called a choice. A stands for assume positive intent. The perpetrator may be unconscious to the fact that they're doing something that might be demeaning or disrespectful. If you can begin with a mindset that they are not intentionally trying to hurt you, that they are unaware of their impact, it can help you approach the issue from a less agitated state. Your goal is to make them aware of their impact. C. C stands for calm. Get yourself unhooked from the incident. Do what you need to do to get yourself centered and grounded. This might mean taking a walk around the block, calling a friend, or just sleeping on it. Do what you can to calm your immediate reactions. And when you're ready, let the best of your emotions fuel your courage to take action and create the outcome that you want. H. H stands for humor. Humor helps lighten a tough message without losing the plot line. It is both what you say and the tone in which you say it. Practice delivering your message out loud. Play with different tones. Record them and play them back. Which tone would you respond most positively to? Saying, I notice my input is passed over in large meetings. What's that about? With the tone of anger or with lightness makes the difference in terms of how it's going to be received. Oh, O stands for your own your message, own your voice. What you have to say is important and worthy. If your inner critic is saying otherwise, sit them down and give them a good talking to. But realize that your job of the job of your inner critic is to keep you small, which is the same effect your perpetrator is having. Let them both know you are worthy of something better and only you can do this work. I. I stands for intrude. You are breaking a cycle of behavior. Do not be quieted. Intrude into their thoughts by adding yours. If you're in a meeting and someone cuts you off, interrupt back. Interrupt them and say, actually, I haven't finished my thought. Um, hold on and take the room back. This will happen a lot on video calls. So give some grace to what is a micro inequity and what is crummy technology. And one way around this is develop a protocol, like a three-minute per person to talk so everyone gets uninterrupted time. C stands for curiosity. So you've heard us say it before, but it's worth repeating. This skill is the antidote to judgment. If people feel blamed or judged, they tend to withdraw and pull away. For your message to have an impact, the perpetrator needs to stay in the conversation with you. Curiosity can help that. Pull them aside versus calling them out in the group setting. Lead in an, as neutral a voice as you can. I've noticed during our group meetings with John that when I speak up, there is no verbal response and instead he is called on for input. This makes me feel silenced and like my ideas are not valued and I'm curious, what's that all about? Something like that. And lastly, E. E stands for engage. Readiness place and timing are super important when confronting someone. You need to be ready, rested, prepared, and so do they. You get to set the stage. Start with being honest about what you want to talk about, including details such as why and when. 
Example, we need to talk about how he was treated in the meeting last week. I'm not okay with being called out in such a diminishing, belittling way. We need to figure out what is going on and how to move forward. Is now a good time to talk about this conversation or would tomorrow morning be better? Make a very clear request. So again, it bears repeating, these are not, this is not a formula. These are ideas for you to find your own way through based on who you are as a person and your own personal style. This is your life and these are your relationships. Help people around you realize how their small actions create unintended impacts. You might be the first one brave enough to say something. So dare to explore these three things. What is the real challenge for you? How do you want to be treated? And what would you do if you were not afraid? Begin to train the people around you how to treat you. You do, in fact, have a choice. Thanks for listening to Small Actions Can Create Unintended Impacts. You can read this article on our website, humanityworks.com, or sign up to get these podcasts delivered to your inbox. Join us next time when we conclude our three-part series on how to work with difficult people. Next, exposing the toxic behavior of bullying.